Alabama is known for peanuts, cotton, and college football. It's where windshield wipers were invented and the first state to recognize Christmas as an official holiday. But it's also home to a hidden gem in the amusement industry, Alabama Adventure and Splash Adventure. Alongside Ryan Sir, I'm Don Helwick, and welcome to episode 81 of the Attractions Group Podcast. Yeah, that's an interesting fact about windshield wipers, Don. I, I learned something today, so I'm glad I bothered to come on the show. Hey, uh, if you're new here, then welcome. You can find us on all your favorite podcast apps, Apple, Google, Spotify, you know the drill. And we also have a video version on YouTube. So if you're watching on there, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button and leave a comment if you want to. Don, what we got going on today? I'm very excited to introduce Steve Thomas. He's the general manager of Alabama's Adventure and Splash Adventure, uh, Hidden Gym, like I mentioned. And uh, Steve, oh, how you doing? I'm great. I did not know about the winter wipers either. That's pretty cool. I try to educate every episode. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, let's just start from the beginning, Steve. Like, so tell us about yourself and how you ended up at your park. Yeah, it was a kind of interesting situation. So I it was at Trader's Village. I was the uh, uh, first amusement park director they had there. We created a uh, amusement park there called Prairie Playland. And uh, it's very, Trader's Village is a very unusual property. It's a, a very, very large flea market. that just happened to have a flea mar- uh, amusement park or ride section in the middle of it. And we, uh, we built the Prairie Screamer, which was a very, very daunting task. And uh, decided to christen ourselves as Prairie Playland Amusement Park. And we had um, rides at San Antonio, Houston. And we also bought Western Playland, the uh, amusement park in El Paso slash New Mexico. So, uh, yeah, it was a pretty busy organization that, um, you know, I was kind of in charge of the Grand Prairie. And I would help out with the other parks as well, too, as far as uh, the amusement parks and rides guidance. And, yeah, I just got a phone call one day and they said hey we got your name and number and looked you up a little bit and would you be interested in you know interviewing for the general man position here at Alabama Adventure and uh, I came out here and I love the park it's just amazing amazing amount of potential here so I, uh, I pulled on my boots and I moved over to Alabama. Well talk a little about the history of the park I went there uh, Back in, like I said, 1999, 2000, um, you know, checked it out. And you're right, uh, you know, it's it's a beautiful park, a lot of potential there. But kind of talk about the history of the park, you know, where it uh, started and where it is. Yeah, started. so it's it's kind of got a kind of a dark and stormy history, to be quite honest. You know, when the park was first built as Visionland, it was a municipal park. So, you know, all the communities around the area, they were, you know, pitched in to uh, build this park. And when you look at this park and, you know, like our admin building, our maintenance, you know, shop and everything else, money was really no object. It was, it's amazing some of the infrastructure here. Um, and, you know, it was a problem with, you know, internal uh, project management. Um, a gentleman just recently passed away in jail because he was sent to jail for, Frauding millions and millions of dollars from the project. So um, eventually that led to the downfall of Visionland. Other investment bankers and stuff like that have come in and, you know, had the property. They've gone bankrupt. 
all the rides are removed except for the rampage. You know, it's been a really, really beat up for park. And 11 years ago, Dan Cook and Pat Cook uh, came in and bought it. And they've slowly been bringing it up to the standard that it is now. And it's just nowhere else but to keep on going up. Well, I, 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 the beginning of that story was sad, but I really like the ending. <laughs> kind of like that, that Disney fairy tale, you know, the, the Wicked Witch and everything else, but then they get saved at the end. And yeah, it's, it's, it's such a, it, you know, it's one of those things that it's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful park. And as much as, you know, it's a fairly large park too, but there's also another like 70 acres to expand on. I mean, right now we can't already fill the park that we have, but there's so much more room to grow. It's it's insane. Yeah, it seems like a heck of an opportunity for uh, for the future. Um, can for those who don't know, you mentioned Rampage, but can you talk more about the attractions that you offer at the park? And I will say, uh, the primarily it's um, more the attention has been toward the water park. Uh, you know, the thing, the thing is, is, you know, the water park when, you know, Dan bought the property, you know, he's the sole investor pretty much. So, you know, the water park is the easiest park to get up. Uh, the music park, they've been putting in rides and rides, rides, but uh, uh, they're the standard fare. We have a uh, scrambler, we have tilt the world, we have a uh, zemper, a galleon, um, quite a few kitty rides. Uh, we have a, a Cheddar Chase, which is like a crazy mouse, and of course the Rampage, which is uh, our big, giant, beautiful, beautiful wooden coaster. Well, let's talk about the Rampage. Uh, that was the reason I went there, to ride it. I absolutely loved it, but years ago, and over the years it starts to get a little bit rougher, but you're putting a lot of love into the right. We are. You know, it's, it, you know it's, it's a stunning coaster. I mean, and, you know, it's set up in the pine trees and the hills. It just It's just very, very statuistic. I mean, it's just a beautiful coaster. Um, I at one time worked at Belmont Park. I was the director of food and beverage at Belmont Park in San Diego. So that's kind of where I started falling in love with wooden coasters with, you know, the, the Giant Dipper. You know, it's, you know, and I kind of see this as a, you know, a continuation of that, that love affair, I guess you could say. Uh, but she's in bad shape. It's, you know... 20 years, 26 years old. Um, there, you know, I walked the track. Um, Alan Messick from uh, Northwestern Coasters, he came up two weeks ago. We walked the whole track on Saturday so that I could get a uh, another opinion on what the problems are and what could be fixed and what could, you know, what the next step should be. And uh, he's great. Uh, Alan's a good, good friend of mine. And you know, we got some good input. There's some. You know, some of the places I thought were not so great or not that bad at all. There's actually some good, good track there, but there's some parts that are pretty, pretty bad. So, uh, you know, this last year was, it was a bad ride experience. And, you know, they ended up shutting it down a little bit early last year just because it was just really, really, really excruciatingly rough. So, um, we kind of got a game plan to, um, you know, first of all, to save it. Because, you know, I think, I, you know, there's too many coasters going down because of, you know, finances and everything else. And as a, as a small family park, it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard to, you know, say, oh, we're going to put $4 million into this wooden coaster that 
started taking 10% of our profit every year just to keep it maintained. Uh, but we're going to do it. We've, uh, I've talked to a few companies that do restorations. Um, you know, we've talked to, uh, I've talked to Hunter at RMC, uh, Gravity Group, a few others, you know, to kind of see who can give us the best plan um, to get it back into, you know, running condition. And then over the next two, three, four years into amazing riding. I want to get it back up to the grandeur that it used to be. Yeah, it was fantastic when I rode it. And, uh, you know, and the other thing, too, is like uh, Philadelphia Toboggan has been really great. They're, uh, they're going to overhaul our uh, second train over the summer. And so, you know, as we do get the coaster more ready to reopen, we'll have a brand new train to put on it and everything else and stuff, too. So it, there, there's, it's a lot of planning. And it was one of the toughest decisions I've probably ever made in this business was to shut the rampage down this year. And of course, unpopular. I just hope that people understand the reasoning why it wasn't, you know, it's for the best of everybody. And, and after Alan, you know, got to walk the track and looked at things, he said, yeah, you made the right decision, which was, I you know, I actually had the first night of sleep in probably three months. Wow. You know, so Alabama Adventure and Splash Adventure is not only known for their rides and their water park, but they're also known for their events. Can you talk about some of the events that are coming up for 2024 to look forward to? Yeah. So actually we're trying to do uh, a lot more in the off season. We have this big, huge park, you know, big parking lot and everything else. But, you know, for the most part of the year, it's just locked up. So this year we did a uh, Christmas lights um, uh, activity where you actually, we actually had a company called Magic Lights and they set up light it displays and everything else. but what was different instead of a lot of places where you're just kind of going through parking lots or through you know a state park or something like that you actually got to drive through the park so it was really really cool for a lot of people to actually drive your car where you know in the summertime you're walking and everything else so you know we had about twenty-two thousand visitors for that which was you know for our first time ever doing it i was pretty happy about um we're gonna do that again this next year and expand on it. Uh, you know, this was, you know, always the first years of learning, you know, we've, we've learned what worked, what didn't work, what we can improve on. Uh, we're also going to try to do a Halloween haunt. Um, those of you that have actually visited this park, we have this main street that is just, man, it's just built to do a haunt. It really is. Cause you know, it's, it's got, we have a big star, uh, what we call the star theater. It's a huge empty room that can do anything. We can do all kind of cool stuff in there, you know, haunted houses, different things like that. Um, and we also were trying to do a car show this April. Um, we'll see if it comes pans out. There's a lot of car shows happening in Alabama in April, but uh, if we do not do it in April, it will be in September. But uh, you know, we're just doing different things like that. The uh, our first day, May 10th, is uh, an annual program we have called Cool Schools, where all the local schools get to come out at a very, very discounted rate. And uh, we're also going to have, you know, some other museums and other activities in the Birmingham area and set up and everything else as well, too. Sounds like you got a lot going on. It, it, you know, it's one of those things is, you know, with the, as a family-owned park, you know, the the chances of getting more revenue to 
you know, improve things, you know, we just have to take those advantages when we can. My gosh, we have this beautiful park. Why not try to do some stuff? Yeah, it looks like you're doing all you can to ensure that, uh, you know, when guests visit the park, it's a unique and memorable experience for them. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and that's one of the things that uh, we're really uh, concentrating on more so than ever. And we've always had really good guest service, but we're going to take it up to the next level uh, this next year. Uh, I'm building the leadership team as we speak, you know, building some pretty key positions uh, and, you know, one thing that, you know, I've always prided myself on at every property I've worked at is, you know, guest service is something that you just do not, you don't skimp on. You take care of everybody. They remember that. They tell their friends. They come visit too. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, uh, your park offers, you know, certain amenities outside of the normal scope, such as free Pepsi. Um, can you talk about these these amenities and how they add value to the guests visiting the park? Yes, I will tell you, as the GM coming in, I was going, we give away free soda. What are you doing? You know, and uh, we also have free parking, uh, free suntan lotion, free uh, inner tube rentals, all the different things that, you know, a lot of amusement parks, um, of course, I think some parks go a little bit crazy on it. But, uh, you know, especially the parking, you know, at, for many, many parks, that's a huge, huge chunk of revenue for their, their operating costs. It's free. And the sodas being free, the sun, you know, we're actually sponsored by a, a, a skincare and a clinic. So, you know, they come in and they'll, you know, they teach our kids, you know, proper sunscreen protection and how to, you know, the importance of wearing UV protection sunglasses and all those kind of things. So, you know, our, our employees know what to do when they're actually out there in the hot Alabama sun. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of free stuff, and our our prices are really really low too. We we try to keep things as as affordable as possible. You know, the, our area of Alabama is uh, a little bit of an economic disadvantage. So we try to make it where it's affordable that everybody can come in and have fun. This is, this is Alabama's park. You want everybody to come to it. Now you would think that, uh, you know, with the free soft drinks, the free parking and the other uh, items that are free, that you're not asking your guests to continually throughout the day, be digging into their wallet. And I would think that has an impact. And they think about coming back again because it was not, a very expensive day for them at the park. Absolutely. And, you know, and we're coming up with uh, brand new food menu items this year that uh, are going to be pretty exciting and they're going to be very affordable too. You know, I, I try to keep the price point as close to $10 as possible. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, for us, I think for our demographic, for our guests, I think that's a pretty good price point that we can, we can keep people happy, fed, and uh, still wet and cool and having fun. Yeah, absolutely. So um, are there any like uh, additions or expansions planned for the park in the near future that us and our listeners should be excited about? Oh, the big one. So this is the biggest project that uh, has happened to this park since Dan Cook took over. Uh, we are building a very large uh, family water raft ride right now. Uh, it is a, uh, 
a family ride. So it actually has the Cloverleaf for people on a raft riding at the time. Um, the name of it is called Slide Winder. We just finally named it a little bit ago. Uh, it has a conveyor system so that nobody has to carry the rafts up there or anything else. It's, it's This is the biggest project that the park is, has done since it's in its 11 years. Um, we've also added some little things. So I really wanted to add some more, I guess, quality little things that um, maybe not be a big ride or big, huge capital project, but something that could add some more entertainment. So uh, we're working with Sandy Creek. We actually just got one of their uh, rock mining programs. I've ever seen those uh, where you get the bags of sand and, you, you know, the kids can get rocks or arrowheads like that. So we got that. Uh, this year, we're also going to have foam parties. So uh, once or twice a day, we got some foam cannons. So, you know, We'll announce it, announce it over the uh, intercom, you know, foam party happening here and, you know, play some music, shoot some foam at, at kids so they can have fun. You know, something, it's it's not a huge, huge cost to the park, but I think it adds real value. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about foam parties. The kids love it. The parents hate it, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's a great thing is like we're a water park, so the kids can be all foamy and everything else and go run into the pool. We already uh I already talked to some of the uh, uh, water quality experts, and they said, oh, no, it's fine. It's not going to bother the, the chemicals or the balance of the water at all. I said, all right. So we're good. So how does your park cater to the different age groups? Uh, just to make sure there's something for everyone in the family to enjoy? Yeah, and, you know, that's one of the things I've, I, when I came out here to check out the, uh, the park for accepting the job, I was very impressed with. Uh, there is everything from toddler splash areas to you know we have rocket racer which is a very high speed uh water slide and you know pretty much everything in between we have the lazy river we have i guess there's a group that comes out every day and you know they're all you know a little bit a little bit older than our spring chickens are and they come out and they just spend the day on the lazy river and in one of the cabanas just having a fun time just talking with each other and friends and watching the kids play, different things like that. So there is a little bit of, there's a little bit of something for everybody. Uh, even, you know, even with the, you know, small area, you know, the small kids splash pads to, you know, the bigger splash pads to the numerous rides, even the wave pool. I mean, that's the other thing that, you know, that almost any age can go into that one. And we supply free life jackets to go for kids if they want to wear those in the lot, into the wave pool as well, too. Steve, you mentioned that you, uh, generally speaking, try to keep the, the food items priced around the $10 mark. So let's expand on that. What kind of food items do you have? Like, what are some of your favorites? Well, I'm pretty excited because this year we're going to be introducing pachos. So uh, think nachos, but made with tater tots. So uh, we're going to have uh, a couple of different varieties. We're going to have uh, chili cheese. Uh, I think we're kind of going between a barbecue pulled pork and a Philly cheesesteak for the other topping and taco meat with nacho cheese as well too. Um, and the other thing that's going to be kind of cool is uh, pretty much every food and beverage venue is going to have a secret menu item. So I did this at Belmont Park and uh, if you know Ken Whiting yes. uh, you know, from uh, Santa Cruz, oh, yeah. he came to visit and he was kind of blown away. Secret menus, what? But it's something that, you know, especially even more so now, 
that, you know, with social media as prevalent as it is, it's a big, big thing. So for our, uh, our tacho stand, we're going to have the kitchen sink where it's a, a larger order of uh, tater tots and it has going to have all three toppings on it. So we're going to name that the kitchen sink. Uh, we're going to have, you know, we have, you know, cheeseburgers, chicken fingers. Uh, we're going to have Dole Whip this year as well, too, <clears throat> which uh, it's, it was amazing. We didn't have soft serve at all here. And I was going, what? It's hot here. People want ice cream. So we're going to have ice cream, uh, frozen yogurt, and uh, Dole Whip and do different flavors for that. Um, we're going to try turkey legs as well, too, something that, you know, that hasn't been done here as well, too. So, uh, yeah, and we're we're... You know, in our funnel cake stand, we're going to have another secret menu item. Is called. Well, I'm giving away all the secrets to you guys. I'm, I don't well, it's a it's a reason for people to listen. You see, <laughs> right? I guess. So, uh, in our funnel cake stand, we're going to have a funnel cake called Death by Chocolate, and it's going to be a chocolate based uh, funnel cake with chocolate icing and chocolate sprinkles, and you can eat the whole thing good on you because it's really rich and decadent. That's how I want to go out, death by chocolate. <laughs> there you go. Well, Steve, it sounds like uh, your guests will come for the rides, but they're going to stay for the food. I, it, I think it's one of those things that uh, I think a lot of amusement parks kind of miss the mark. You know, uh, it, instead of offering like really quality, and there's some great ones out there. Uh, you know, Silver Dollar City, Dollywood. I mean, they have great, great food. And, you know, it's people come there sometimes just for the food. I think it should be a really good mix of everything. I think there should be something for everybody to come out and enjoy. So, Steve, in your role as general manager, so what are some of the behind-the-scenes aspects of, of running the park that might surprise our audience? I think it's probably how much manual labor that the general manager actually does. Uh you know, we, we, we operate on a pretty sm uh, skeleton staff uh, during the off-season. We only have 10 to 12 employees and stuff. So, uh, you know, we all pitch in and do a little bit of everything. My aquatics manager is painting and doing concrete work. Uh, you know, we're working on the wave pool. We just uh, uh, relined all the air chambers and stuff like that to make it a lot more uh, efficient. So the waves this year, you could almost surf on them if we wanted to. It's it's going to be it, it's the best it's the best the wave pool's been running since the parks opened. Um, you know the the other thing is you know as a as a GM, I'm more so than any other place more involved in you know the ride maintenance, the safety, um, and of course you know the standard stuff that general managers do is you know doing the leadership you know uh, training. Um, empowering employees, making sure they feel that they're uh, valued and that they're, you know, very, very important to the operations of, of our park. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, with these little parks, sometimes people don't understand that, you know, when there's six employees, you do it you know, all, you do everything, you know, so I just, the just one more question for clarification about, about rampage. Um, so it's got extensive work that is going to be done. It's going to become a great experience. It, will the ride be open this summer? Uh, and then it'll be like transitionally fixed over off seasons, or is it going to be closed for, for a while? We close this season, this season, and hopefully we'll have it open next season. It's just that the, the work that needs to be done is just too extensive to uh, operate this year. 
Uh, you know, we even have some uh, pretty serious issues with our lift hill. Um, so, you know, some of the sprockets aren't aligning the way they should be, and that just creates a, a bad situation. Um, so, I, you know, I made that call. Dan, you know, uh, was said, you know, this is your, this is your expertise. You're, you're an ICAE. You make the call. And uh, yeah, I just didn't feel comfortable opening it this year, summer. And I, and I know there's a lot of people that are very, very upset about that. And I get it. I really, really do. But it, but it's the right thing to do, really. I mean, it really is. It's a hard one to call. And that was, like I said, that's one of the hardest decisions I think I've ever made since you know my 20 years in this industry. Is you know saying I'm going to shut down the ride for the summer. That's you know, that's the kiss of death. You always keep every single ride going as much as possible and everything else and stuff. So, uh, and especially you know closing down your your number one ride, the, you know, the showcase was really hard. I mean, you know, I, when I came to Winterfest, uh, you know, I had, you know, I've got a lot of friends at Ace and everything else. I love Ace and, and uh, you know, it was great talking to them and kind of explaining it. And, you know, and most members of Ace know, uh, but, you know, a lot of them were actually very, very supportive saying, you know, I know that was a tough decision. You, you did good, Steve. And that, that helped a lot, too. Well, it beats the alternative, doesn't yes, it? it does. Yeah. So, Steve, you know, if you want to keep up with, you know, Rampage as well as everything else going on with the park, where can where can people find the information on Alabama Adventure? Pretty well about our uh, social media page. And so I have a gentleman um, that a lot of people may know. Uh, Alex is came from Frontier City. He uh, He's a amusement park nerd, just like us, you know, like me and stuff like that. So uh, he's also an amazing drone pilot. <laughs> so if any of you that were at Winterfest, the presentation that I did uh, showed, a, I just showcased a lot of his his zone footage, this drone footage, because it was it's just spectacular. I mean, it really, really is. Uh, so and we'll do kind of tongue in cheek videos from time to time. Uh, especially when we announced our Christmas lights um, and our new ride that we're coming out. You know, we hadn't even named it at that time, so we did another video of that one. Uh, so we try to do a lot of stuff in-house. Um, one of the biggest projects that we have this year, so yeah, we, I, I haven't even talked about the big project we have. So uh, we are uh, buying a 30 by 30 LED screen um, uh, to go along the highway. So we have a huge sign right on Interstate 20. We're right off the interstate. So we're getting a huge 30 by 30 LED video screen to, you know, advertise not only our park, but, you know, sponsors and different things like that. So that was another big, big expense that uh, we undertook this year, but I think it's going to pay off many, many times over. Yeah, I bet you it does. <laughs> now, Steve, you're but the biggest digital sign in the state of Alabama. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. All right. Well, Steve, you're from Texas, now in Alabama. So if Alabama and Texas were to meet, say, in the college football championship game, who are you rooting for? Okay. I am a diehard Longhorn fan. And... I love Alabama. I do, I do, but I will probably have to cheer for the Longhorns. I played college baseball, and I was supposed to go play 
baseball at University of Texas. That was my dream. The 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 star that you shoot for kind of thing. Uh, it didn't work out, and I ended up joining the Navy. Basically, but uh, I will have to cheer for Texas. I, I I know a lot of people may get mad about that, but and and if and if Texas isn't in it, I'm cheering for Alabama. I, I it's I love college football. I I'm not a big professional football guy. I love college football. Yeah, when I was growing up, those were the two, you know, Texas and Alabama, you know, were the college football teams, you know, back in the 70s, you know, when you had Earl Campbell, you know, with Texas, uh, Richard Todd with Alabama, that's going way back. But uh, but those were the, the big schools. Those were the ones that were on TV all the time. And I always saw just the passion and everything of the fans in both states. And I just thought that would be a phenomenal place to be if you're a college football fan. It is. And, you know, and it's, and, and, you know, the thing about it is too here is you don't see a car driving down the road with some out without Alabama license plates on it, Alabama stickers, Alabama caps, Alabama t-shirts. I mean, it is a fan centric base here. I mean, and deservedly so. I mean, it's a it's a storybook, you know, a football organization. It really, really is. Um, but it's it they get pretty fanatical here, though. It's it's uh, you know we're right down the road from Tuscaloosa, so you know it's only 35, 40 minutes away, and it's kind of insane how traffic gets built up on game days. Yeah, completely agree. So, uh, just one more time, like, what, what's your website? Where can people find information on Alabama Adventure? Oh, sure. It's www.alabamaadventure.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been very informative. I, I love learning about your park. It's really cool. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I enjoyed this a lot, too. It, it's fun talking. It's fun talking shop with people that know what, uh, you know, that what happens and stuff, you know, and it's kind of neat that, you know, conversations like this actually can, you know, other enthusiasts and people that are curious about the music park industry get to get to find out what really happens with things, how decisions are made and how work is actually done behind the scenes. I, I like that. Perfect. Yeah. When I saw you at the Winterfest event uh, doing your presentation, I was like, I've got to get him on the Attraction Group <laughs> podcast because what you were talking about was just so interesting. Yeah. And, you know, again, circling all the way back, this park has amazing potential. It's just, in, I've never seen a place more so. And uh, it, we're going to get there. I, I mean, I've already created, you know, two, three, five, ten year plans. So, uh, you know, hopefully by year 10, I'll be able to sit back a little bit, maybe in a hammock by the wave pool. But I <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks again for being on the show, Steve. AlabamaAdventure.com is where you want to go for all the latest information on Alabama Adventure and Splash Adventure. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you.